Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Introducing a new incarnation of world-renowned spiritual teachings, Higher Balance Dojo. Dojo is Higher Balance's latest digital training membership. Inside the Dojo studio, you'll find loads of curated content, handpicked and organized to help you learn the most important lessons and techniques that are guaranteed to bring about spiritual transformation initiate real mystical experiences, and inspire you to reach ever-increasing new heights on your journey to spiritual awakening. Sign up for a $1 trial to Higher Balance Dojo now and experience it for yourself by visiting hbidojo.com. That's h-b-i-d-o-j-o.com. In this clip, Dive into the meaning and applications of non-thought. Explore the common misconceptions and discover practices to amplify your success in achieving this state of mind. Enjoy. To see more and get a link to access the full class, go to rebelgururadio.com forward slash EJP session 7. quality about or question about non-thought okay so i find that when are there different qualities to non-thought because i feel like i can be in non-thought but then like in the very very back of my mind like this quiet little insidious voice will just start or it will like pop up little pictures in my mind like okay we're not thinking we're not speaking but we're going to show you pictures just to distract you. And so I'm just wondering, are there different levels of quality and how do you get that to stop? <laughs> I guess is my. Well, a lot of booze and uh, no, <laughs> uh, uh, all joking aside, you, you know, there absolutely is levels to non-thought and there are various, I don't know if I would call them strategies, but I would say different applications that have their their pros and cons. I think that anybody who thinks that they're going to permanently be able to create a state of non-thought, that's just not realistic. And you know, I think that anybody who puts that out there is is giving a unrealistic goal that I doubt themselves that are capable of doing, let alone telling others to do it. It's just going to make you feel like a failure. And so it's very important to put a realistic idea on that and you know even for myself you know i can go fair lengths of time with non-thought but it still will will get in there and you know i'm capable of doing some pretty amazing things so i don't see it as a as a downer it's just you know you've you've got to be able to utilize it and understand it so you know taking in different scenarios kind of what i'm trying to figure out may or may not be best suited for you and of course we have a limit on on time but you know, when 
you think about non-thought, of course you have to understand that non-thought is still thinking. It's just non-verbalized in your head. You still know what things are. You still would be able to reach for something you want without having to say what it is, okay? But there are several things. When you observe yourself having non-thought, it's when you initiate the thought to spur up. Think about that. You begin observing the fact that you are working on non-thought. You're admiring probably your non-thought, whatever it's going on, but you're, you're thinking about it. So in retrospect, every time that you think, you've trained yourself to vocalize in your head. So by observing yourself, you're kind of throwing gas on the problem by being aware or paying attention to the fact of, of your non-vocalness. And that's what's going to encourage a dialogue or images and stuff like that to happen. I find that when I go into non-states of mind that I'm not really thinking about the fact that I'm in a non-thought, but I, I know I'm, I'm not because it's just that self-awareness. Uh, and I think that's a trust level. It's a trust level. And it, the scary part is when you start babbling, you usually don't realize you're babbling until a ways into it. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to be silent right now. So there, there are, you know, those aspects. But I, I suspect that the first thing is, is that you are observing yourself too much. And I think that you have to, to go lengths with trusting yourself with non-thought. The second thing is, is that I think that a lot of things is, is both biochemically induced and functionally induced. So biochemically meaning that if you're going to do a lot of stimulants, you're, you're going to want to talk because if you're not vocalizing, it's like you're all, you know, so it's going to internalize in that way because that's how you've trained yourself. So I'd be very careful with you know, my practices and how much stim stimulants I may or may not have taken, you know, for coffee, strong tea, whatever. Having said that, the other side of that spectrum is that you can utilize actively functioning in an environment with non-thought will help teach you to become quieter. I mean, most of the time when I have great lengths of non-thought, I will do it either outdoors or just walking around, you know, but your your greatest ally for non-thought is, of course, walking for a length of time, like on a hike. Don't try to go into non-thought in the first half hour of your hike or whatever. Ramble your thoughts out. Get them out of your system. Then choose actively to, to have a non-thought session and simply walk and admire. You know what everything is. If there's a, a bear or a lion coming out, you don't have to go bear. You're going to say, Psh just run, you know, get, get out of Dodge or don't run, walk, just look cool. But in either case, you know, sometimes by taking yourself out of a familiar habit or a familiar place, uh, a safe place, you start introducing to the fact that you are able to have longer lengths of not thought. And that becomes very encourageable to your psyche somewhere in the back of your head. And therefore, it will contribute to the non-thought when you want to apply it to certain sessions. But I, I think that there has to be a connection made in, in your practices that, that you, you almost have to talk to yourself like, here's non-thought, here's thought, and you know, this is what I want to do. So there's got to be this third state that's, that's appreciating or acknowledging you're, you're doing this without kind of directly looking at it. Does that make sense? But 
you know, so so that's the bottom line, and you're going to find that you have greater and greater lengths of of that process. I'll, I'll give you a, an example, also for thinking. If you mentally put yourself in a simulated reality, in a sense, okay, in your own mind, you'll find that certain places will invoke greater amounts or lengths of time of non-thought versus others that create a lot of thought. And so if, for instance, I say you're in maybe something like New Orleans, there's a festival going on and you're at the festival and you're taking it all in, 10 to 1, your mind's going to be looking at stuff, catching attention stuff, thinking about stuff, pondering on those things. Whereas if I say, okay, you are, you know, you're outdoors, but you're not cold and it's a, a day where the snow went all night, it's morning and you're just sitting, looking out at the trees covered in snow, the ground's covered in snow, everything's just a beautiful white and serene and calm there there's this part where your mind follows suit and so you'll find that you have greater lengths of science but sometimes when you go for those lengths in the sort your mind wants to be occupied again and this is why when they say walking drains the mind walking is the best therapist and eventually when there's nothing left to think about no more if you've thought about it so much you're just done thinking about it there is actually a shutoff valve and you have those longer lengths of non-thought. So you're, you're trying to marry that into the concept of going into a place that's snow and calm and plainness. And you're accepting the fact that, you know, if you do talk a lot about stuff, maybe you need to kind of somehow communicate with yourself. There's plenty of time for that later. Or there's there's a time and place for that. No, we're, we'll get to it. We're not ignoring it. There's this, you know, thing. So when you go into times when you want to do non-thought, then walk through a simulated reality thought process of, of doing a moment where you're sitting in nothingness. You're sitting in a desert. You're, you're sitting in, in a snow, beautiful place. But, you know, it's that simplicity, the staring out at an ocean. You know, all of these scenarios give a sense of less distractions. It's like an ocean of sand, an ocean of water, an ocean of snow in a way. And all of these things are contributing factors that your mind will follow. You know, I, I look at the, the mind as being this machine and we're somehow coexisting in there and we're trying to coerce ourselves to, to come out of that machine more instead of being so intertwined with its automations. And when we can find tools to, to put us in, the, the machine mind has a, a way that it wants to react to those sceneries. And it's very beneficial to us to take advantage of that. So by going into a kind of visual meditation temporarily, even if it's just a few minutes, that is going to set the pace of what you want to do next. So I hope some of that helps. There, there are so many things that you can do. You know, one of the, the biggest challenges, you know, for almost a lot of spiritual things is the attainment of having lengths of non-thought. And I would say that the vast majority of people have no real understanding that non-thought doesn't mean you're not thinking. So right from the get-go, they're meeting failure because it just seems impossible for them because they, they can't conceive the fact that you can think what without thought, in other words, vocalization. You guys have an incredible advantage because now you can differentiate the two and understand that they're not the same thing, but they're they're literally, in a way you can think 
and and have processing. If you wanted to get serious about it, you know, I remember when I was much younger, some of the stuff I would do is I would, you know, put aside, you know, a certain amount of time for each day and do this for literally a month or two, where I made sure each day I had a certain amount of non-thought that I considered or I did. And so that's about first self-observation, looking at objects, you know, having somebody show objects, that very simple process of of trying to become aware. So if you can have, if I say, here we go with the three objects. So let's let's do that because this should be interesting. I'm gonna show you guys three objects. The goal is to not say what they are out loud, but to tell me when we're done what they are. So there's a part of you that knows there's no need to vocalize it because that part isn't you, okay? So let's go with that and then watch what we'll do in a minute. We'll switch it up, okay? Okay, so those are your three items. Put your hand up for fingers on how many of them that you caught yourself vocalizing in some way. Good, good, good. So now we have Blake and we have Loretta. Can you vocalize each what those those three things were in order? Glasses, bottle. All right, and Loretta, do the last one. And phone. Okay, so, and then you guys had, so they've been practicing obviously longer, okay, or putting more time, okay, or keep in mind something. I mean, I'm a, I like to be a realist as much as possible, not always, but po most of the time, is that your world can also dictate the habit of your mind. If you have children that are young, then you've trained yourself constantly thinking through a process of stuff that you may or may not have to, to do to, to deal with that, or you've been trained to have these constant distractions, whereas if you have less of that, or that you're in a point in your life where you don't have that, there, there's certain pros and cons to everything. You gotta look at your, your situation, and your life can change dramatically. We're not always conscious of how things are changing in our life. But the point is, if you were to start practicing with just the three objects to the point where you don't say them, like you've got that control, that's an awareness. Remember, that's a power whether you, you realize that or not, okay? So that means that you can start moving into an operational state of mind. So if you can have non-thought and you go into a practice like manifesting or a practice like healing or a practice like just wanting to do psychometry, okay? You've got a huge advantage on the, the quality of your effect. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people go into practices and they don't even think about going into it with non-thought. And so it's it's like almost like they, it doesn't occur to them. And it's something that we have to remind ourselves of. So the idea is to start practicing and ask yourself how many things or what length of time can you go without non-thought. Now I'll tell you, if you can go 60 seconds with non-thought, you should be impressed with yourself. It may not sound like a lot, but it's actually huge. Okay. So that is being a realist. If you can do beyond 60 seconds, okay, well, that's phenomenal, okay? So that's what your, your goal should be because I want you to think of the, the power of something like that. If you can do 60 seconds, then you can daisy chain that 60 seconds for a significant amount of time. It's how you're, you're looking at it when you say, oh, I need to do 10 minutes of not thought for something, which doesn't seem like a lot of time. I would say you're probably gonna fail. 
And then you're going to get upset at yourself because somewhere in there you fail. But if I say to you, well, if you could do 60 seconds and then have a thought and then get back to your 60 seconds again, like you reset and then you daisy chain that, I'll bet you that person has better results than the person who tried to go the, the full length without accepting the fact that they may have interruptions. So that's something to, to take consideration. Another, you know, great trick, and we talked about this years ago, is, you know, uh, there are many ways to, to train your mind to have greater lengths of, of non-thought. And a very simple way is, is tactile. You put your arm out any way you want, two fingers preferably, okay? And you just think, experience, just touch on your arm. And if your mind wanders, you come back and you think about that touch. Well, if you can do that for 30 seconds to 60 seconds and you set a timer, you, you, what, what you do this way can affect that. So you're still teaching your mind to have these non-thought moments. You may even be able to say, okay, I've got a really important practice to do and just do this for a few seconds and then put it down and just your mind just understands where it's going. So it's, if you really think about everything we do in life, a lot of it we do with what we think is not thought because we're automating. Because we've become so hereditary with our habits that we kind of check out at times. Like usually it's with driving, but it can be with stuff around the house. But you're not also conscious. You're just, you're kind of like you realize after oh, I did all this stuff, you know, where, where was my head? Either you were thinking about something and you, your body was just doing what it's supposed to do, or you really don't even realize that you checked out. So the idea is you can't check out and not be aware of it. You've got to be aware of it and check out at the same time. Get it? Mm -hmm. So the, the training to do that can start simply as something like this because one, your arm hopefully will always be with you. Uh, two, it's, it's just a good habit form. You know, it's, it's a good training. It's just very martial art-like, you know? All of anything to do with not thought, I can't, I can't even speak highly enough about putting enough time into the practice of not thought. I think it's that important. And you, no one needs to be perfect at it or great at it. You just have to be decent. And decent is if you can get 60 seconds, be impressed with yourself. If you do 30 seconds, it's pretty good. Don't knock yourself for it. Just think daisy chain. And just the idea of daisy chaining is going to amplify your sessions because you're learning to be okay with interruptions. And if you can learn to be okay with interruptions, the, the biggest failure is, is when a person finds himself talking, then they tend to be frustrated with themselves, talk at themselves, talk about how pissed off they are. And that is just time lost. It's all that time is accumulating from you deflating the amount of work that you're building. So if you're building this amount of work and you have a moment of chit chat and you catch yourself, you just want to get back to what you're doing before it deflates 80%. You've only lost 10% and now you can do another 60% before there's an interruption. The gain is much more substantial with that kind of psychological approach. And I can assure you, even with Buddhist monks, Zen masters, you know, martial arts people, they, they will basically teach the same thing, that even, even grandmasters in some days have mental interruptions consistently. And other times they're able to focus a lot better. It's just, it's no different than, than everyday people who are practicing. It's just bigger amounts of time.
you know, so they can go greater lengths, but then they get the interruption. But, you know, it all evens out. Putting your spiritual knowledge into practice makes all the difference on the path to becoming one with the universe. But there is a power when we gather and practice together, which is why Eric is teaching a live two-hour class every month. You'll learn new techniques, practice and connect with the Higher Balance community, and create a tuning fork effect that resonates and creates a ripple effect on you for the rest of the month. To access the full class, go to rebelgururadio.com forward slash Eric Pepin live.